Hey, and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman, and today we are bringing 1 Timothy to a close. It's been a great letter. It's a great letter for the church to read today as we think about the ancient way for our modern day and all of the different aspects of how the church is meant to behave, what the church is meant to believe, and how the church should think. All of these different aspects that we've looked at, we've seen that they're the same issues from the, the ancient world that exist in today's church. And this is true as we bring this letter to a close in these final two verses as Paul gives his final inst instructions to Timothy. Here is what he teaches him. He says, O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. We've already talked about this deposit that has been entrusted to us, to Timothy, and now to us as those who have been discipled by those who have been discipled by those who have been discipled all the way back to the original disciples. This, this deposit is the gospel. It's the saving message of Jesus and his death and resurrection as the only way that anyone may be saved. Listen, if you were in Christ, you have been given this deposit and you were to guard it. We've seen that this guarding it means that we are to keep it from being stained or we are to keep it from having any kind of reproach. This means we may not, we must not water it down in any way, and we must not compromise it with, with an immoral life that would bring reproach onto it. And so Paul's last words, he says, oh, Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. This is like, this is like when your parents, when they give you an heirloom, something that's been handed down from their parents and then their parents, this, this heirloom, maybe it's a piece of jewelry or a piece of furniture, I don't know, something that is so precious that you guard it because of what it represents. This is the gospel that you and I are to guard. And what does it look like to guard it? Well, he tells us, he says, avoid irreverent babble, and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Here's what he says. He says, all of these cultural ideas that keep springing forth, all of these uh, lofty opinions and arguments that our world wants to bring against the one true gospel, all of these differing religious approaches and, and beliefs about God that, that others would offer, even though they have no resurrected Christ, they have no evidence of a resurrected Savior, all these other ideas that continue to be pressed upon you and offered to you that you might be tempted to believe or to be lured away with, all of these ideas about, about morality and ethics and sexuality and what's right and wrong that might entice you into sin— Listen, you need to avoid them. Don't give yourself to them. He says this is, this is irreverent babble. It doesn't honor God. It doesn't speak to God as the God who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who is the most high and worthy of all praise. It lessens God and it elevates man. This is the very core of what irreverent babble is. It's, it's a lessening of who God is and an elevating of who man is. This is avoid this irreverent babble and the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. If it, doesn't, if it doesn't accord with sound doctrine, if it doesn't match with the revealed word of God, it is not real knowledge. It says, for by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. See, there are those who hang around the church and they like a lot of what they hear about Jesus until they hear some of these 
contradictions that are supposed contradictions that is called knowledge. Until they start hearing this irreverent babble that starts to tickle their ears. They like what they hear. They like what the implications might be for their life. They like the, the lack of moral accountability. Or they like the, the bar that they think they can reach so that they can be saved. And so they, they swerve from the faith. They miss the gospel they're Jesus-adjacent for a while, but they don't actually trust in him. And so they miss the faith. That Paul says, Timothy, avoid that stuff. Make sure your church avoids that stuff. It's not worth it. And then finally, Paul says, grace be with you. He closes this letter to his son in the faith. He says, grace be with you. Let your life be one that is covered in grace. This is a reminder that Timothy did not always get it right. He needed grace. This is a reminder that Paul did not always get it right. He needed grace. This is a reminder that I don't always get it right. I need grace. And brother or sister in Christ, this is a reminder that you do not always get it right. But there is grace. Listen, maybe you have been giving yourself to some irreverent babble. Maybe you've been toying with other ideas that have led you to begin to doubt or dabble in sinful behavior. Maybe you're slowly being lured away by this world and the things of this world. If that is you, let me just remind you that you can turn to Christ even now and there is grace. The grace of Christ and his death to pay the price for all of our sins of his resurrection in which those who trust in him now stand and have the hope of eternal life. And so this is our ancient way for our modern day, that you are to guard the deposit entrusted to you and that you are to know that there in Christ is grace. So brother or sister, grace be with you.